Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Well, if you don't know me, my name's Trav, along with my uh, wife, Sarah. We are the location pastors up at the Chapel Bendemeer. And I'm so excited to be here with you this morning. Uh, We've been uh, a big part of this church family for many years now, many years. And I I was in Armidale preaching last week and a lovely gentleman came up to me after the service and he was telling me that, you know, he's been in uh, ministry for about 35 years. And he said, I thought it was funny when you said that you've been in church and part of the church for many years Many, many years. See, for me, I'm 29. I've been in church, in this church, for a third of my life. So for me, that's many, many years. But um, it's so good to be here with you. You know, Sarah and I, over the last 10 years, we've served on pretty well every team here that you can serve on. And one thing really strikes me about this church and about all the chapel churches, it's that... It's not that you have the most talented musicians, which you do. It's not about the talent. It's not that you have the most incredible hosts, which you do. It's not about having the best baristas in the world, which you do, I'm sure. I've had quite a few coffees. and I can't say I've had a bad one. It's, it's not the skill of the people here or the people behind the scenes running everything and making a service just to be a blessing to you so that you could come into a relationship with God and that you could know Him. But it's that they truly, in their deepest, deepest self and deepest being, believe in God. And they are truly, truly for you. They truly want the best for you. You know, Sarah and I have the privilege to sit in a lot of the back-end meetings of all the things that go on. These people who run this church truly have your best interests. They truly want you to have a relationship with God because we know, we know, we know, we know that we know that that is the best for you. And that's the future that you can step into and not just in this life and not just in this reality, but for all eternity. So I just want to lead in with that and say thank you to everyone who is involved in volunteering and running these services because you are doing a great job and you have a heart for God and it shows. So thank you. Well, I would love to talk to you this morning for a short while about making God your source. Not tomato sauce, not barbecue sauce, aioli. I wish we had some of those, some chips, but making God your source. Making God the source of every good thing in your life. Making God the source of every good thing to come in your life. And so I really believe that if you can catch a hold of this message, it's going to be a game changer in this year, in the next five years, in your entire lifetime. If you can really catch a hold of it and let it seed down deep inside you, I really believe that this will unlock areas of your life you didn't imagine were possible. So I want to talk to us about making God our source, making God our provider, our provider. Now, I remember when Sarah and I first started dating, And she gave me a bunch of CDs. Yes, CDs. Back in the black and white days. CDs. A lot of kids here wouldn't even know what a CD is. 
But she gave me a bunch of CDs and uh, they were recordings of a preacher named Jerry Savelle. And Jerry Savelle was talking about all about making God our source. And I used to put them on, uh, in my car on the drive to Tamworth each day. It's amazing what you'll do for love. I'd put them on and I'd listen from, uh, spent months and months of going through all these CDs, learning all about making God our source, how God is the source of every good thing in our lives and how in turn we can open up the doors for making him our source, for accepting him to be our source. 1 Corinthians 8, 6 from the Amplified says this, be on the screen. Yet for us, there is but one God, the Father, who is the source of all things. And we exist for him. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things that have been created. And we believers exist and have life and have been redeemed through him. God the Father, who is the source of all things. James puts it this way, 1, to 6, 1 16 to 18 in the amp. says, Do not be misled, my beloved brothers and sisters. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights, the creator and sustainer of the heavens, in whom there is no variation. I really want you to know that as we're continuing on through our year, we're like a quarter away, third of the way through our year, that there is no good thing that God wants to withhold from you this year. I think sometimes we walk through life, even as Christians, thinking that all these good things or all these bad things just come as a happenstance. They just come by chance or maybe they come by uh, hard work or maybe they come by not hard work. But the truth is every good thing in our life comes from God. There is no good thing that comes our way that doesn't come from Him. I don't know exactly what you're looking for here today or in this year, or in your lifetime. But I can tell you this, there is no good thing that has come my way in life by chance or by hard work. There is no good thing that has come my way by chance or by hard work. It has all come from making God my source, making God my source. Psalms 84.11 says this, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows grace and favour and honour. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. No good thing will he withhold from you when you're walking uprightly. It says from those who walk uprightly. And the key here, of course, is walking uprightly. So how do we do that? How do we practice walking uprightly? Well, we do that by recognising and practising faith in the knowledge that God is our source. He is the source of all things. And so, how do we make God our source today and set up our year and set up our lives for all the good things that he has promised to have in store for us? Well, this isn't the be all end all, but it's a good start. Number one, never stop praying. Pray without ceasing. Never stop praying. Number two, stop trying to control everything. Stop trying to micromanage every area of your life. Number three, Recognize that money isn't your source. Money is not your source. So if you guys can just do those few things, we can probably nearly wrap it up there and you'll be good. Maybe not. Might be a little bit more to look into that. So let's jump into it. Everyone with me? 
Awesome. Let's do it. Number one, pray without ceasing. Now, this isn't actually my great idea, although I wish it was, but this comes directly from the Bible. 1 Thessalonians 5, 15 to 18. I love the Amplified, so most of my verses will be in Amplified. It says this, Rejoice always and delight in your faith. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. In every situation, no matter the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. I love this so much. I don't know what you think about when I say pray unceasingly. Never stop praying. You're like, oh, does that mean I, oh, maybe I can't go to work. I can't go to work because I've just got to pray. I've got to get in my prayer closet, so we're going to do that. Or maybe I can't have breakfast because I've got to pray. I've got to get in my prayer closet. I uh, can't go for that fishing trip that Lou wants to take me on because I've got to pray. Of course not. The very verse before says, rejoice in the Lord and delight in your faith. Delight in your faith. What that means is to take God with you everywhere you go. Take God with you everywhere you go. When you're driving to work in the morning, thank you, God, so much that I have a workplace to go to. God, I just pray that you would bless my workmates. Show me how I can be a blessing to them. When you're eating your breakfast, God, I just want to thank you that I have food to eat, that there's food on the table that's going to sustain me through this day. I just pray for your blessing on it. When you're um, hanging out with your family or your friends, God, I just thank you so much for putting good people in my life, people that encourage me, people that bless me. God, I just want to thank you so much for that. Don't afraid to be conversational with God. I really truly believe that God loves it and he delights when we're conversational with him. When there's no thing too big or too small that we're able to take to him. It also means that when things aren't going so well in our lives, God, I just pray for your provision through this. God, I just pray that you would show me a path. God, I just pray that you would provide where I need uh, things in my life. Pray unceasingly. You'd be absolutely blown away, I think, if I told you all of the areas that God has come through for Sarah and I just by taking him everywhere we go, just by being conversational with God. Never stop praying. Pray without ceasing. It's just being conversational with God. Invite him into those big areas in your life just as much as the small areas of your life. Pray without ceasing. So number one in making God our source is to never stop praying. It's one of the major door openers for making God our source in our life. Number one. So number two, stop trying to control everything. Anyone love being in control? (laughs) Seeing a few husbands point at wives. (laughs) This um, This has been something I'm so guilty of, but it's taken me years and years of my life to realize that Me trying to control everything weakens my faith. Trying to control every area of your life, trying to micromanage your life weakens your faith. Because what we're saying essentially is, God, I can make my life go well. I don't need to put faith in you. Micromanaging our lives weakens our faith. A few weeks ago, I've got a great story for you here. Sorry if you're a queasy Anyone's queasy. A few weeks ago, uh, our whole immediate family was really violently sick with gastro. 
It's the first time I've ever had gastro in my life. You can probably guess where it came from. We've got a three-year-old daughter who goes to preschool. And preschool is where every affliction comes from. <laughs> Childcare, preschool, first school, high school, that is where every ailment comes from. I am shocked that coronavirus didn't come out of preschool. I'm shocked. It all started with Eleanor throwing up in the car after, yeah, we were actually trading that car in the next day, so that was great. Anyway, a few days later, about nine o'clock on a Friday night, Sarah started. She went down with it, and then an hour or so later, our little baby Everett, uh, he went down with it, and uh, then about three o'clock in the morning, after looking after everyone and assuring that I am so strong and so tough and have a super immune system, I went down with it as well. We all spent the next 12 hours between the uh, bed, the bathroom, the bucket, wherever we could find an empty space. And it's a real eye-opener when you have these kind of experiences because what it teaches you is you are really not in control of anything. You are not in control of anything. We go about our lives trying to micromanage anything, but and as a matter of fact, it can all be turned to dust in a moment. The Bible says that, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. And that's what we need to really focus on. We need to trust God for every breath. We need to trust God for food in the morning, even if we have a full pantry. We need to trust God for money, even if we have a full bank account. No matter where you are in life, we need to trust God for everything. Give us this day our daily bread. Wake up and thank God and praise God that you have a life to go to. Because that's something that can be taken away really, really quickly. Praise God. Praise God. I remember finishing my diesel mechanic apprenticeship quite a few years ago. That's another quite a few, many years ago. And uh, I was actually hating it. I was really hating it. And I remember thinking, though, well, I've put four years in now, so this needs to be my career for life. And sometimes we have a really bad habit of looking back at what our past has been, what we've done in our past, instead of, and then we use that to define where we go in the future, instead of sitting down with God and saying, God, regardless of my past, regardless of anything that I've been through, regardless of how much work I've put into things, where do you want me? What do you want me to do? Because I guarantee you that God's got a whole lot better plan for you than your micromanaging plan. He's got a whole lot better future for you than maybe what your past has shown. The key is though that we have the responsibility to step into it. And what that's going to take is a little bit of releasing control, releasing control and that tight grip on our lives and saying, God, where do you want me? What do you want me to do? What is your plan for me? I just encourage you, in, in this point, take some time to sit down just in silence and just ask God, where do you want me to be? God, I give you my entire past and we leave it there. Where do you want me? Is this the job you want me in? Is this what you want me to be doing in my relationship? Is this what you want me to be doing with my finances? Is this what you want me to be doing in any area of your life, where do you want me? God's plans are so much bigger than our plans. Jeremiah puts it this way. 
Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call on me and I will come, and you will come and pray to me, and I will hear your voice and I will listen to you. That's God's promise for you. Isaiah puts it this way, 55, 8 to 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my way, your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God's plans are so much better than our plans. Looking back at my past and looking at my future and putting God in the middle of that, is a whole lot better future than everything that I had planned. whole lot better future, and it can be for you as well. So number two, stop trying to control everything. Stop trying to control everything. Number three, recognise that money isn't your source. And I hope that this hits a nerve with a few people, because it did with me when I wrote it. See, when we're looking to make God our source, the source of everything in our lives, we have to look at what we're currently relying on and making our source and work out how well is that going for us? How well is that going for us? Money is a big contributor for many people. But the truth is money isn't the answer to life's hardships. It's not. Think about all the things that you could need or you want or you desire in your life right now. Say you need a new car. Well, the world would say you need money to get a new car, so you'll go out and you'll get a loan and you'll scrimp and you'll save and you won't get takeaway for the first week, but then you get hungry, so it's convenient and you've got kids. Money's a really big contender. And what it does is it puts all the focus on money being our source, on money being the thing that we need to provide what we want when we should be relying on God to be our provider. We should be relying on God to be our source. Give us this day our daily bread. Rely on God for everything. Rely on God for everything. Sarah and I have both been under the pump for about the last 29 years or so. We're both 29 at the moment, so that gives you any indication. This year we're really hoping to sneak, into, uh, sneak a holiday. And so we ended up going down to Port Macquarie for about 10 days at the end of March. I think I've got that right. And... We went down there, we stayed in this little apartment on the beach and we went out, we took the kids to the zoo and we hit the surf and ate the most amazing food every single day. It was incredible. And to look at our bank account at the end of it, it was even. Now that's something that the world would say is not a possibility. It's not a possibility to go and have an amazing holiday and go out and do all these activities and do, you know, eat all the good food and it actually hasn't cost you. But with God, when we make God our source, these are the kind of things that just show up in our life. When we rely on God, I can't tell you how many times I've seen God just bypass money and provide the need. Bypass whatever need you, money you have and just provide that need in your life, no matter what you need. It's going to take sitting down and saying, God, I'm going to rely on you to provide this need. I'm not going to rely on money. I'm not going to rely on anything materialistic. I'm not going to rely on any person because all of those things can let you down. But we have a God who will never let you down. We have a God who is looking for your best interests. We have a God who wants the best for you, that he has promised to provide for you. Rely on God. Money is such a poor contender to God. All right, five minutes. 
So in shaping up the rest of this year, I really promise that taking these few steps on board in the direction of making God your source will really get you on track for everything that he has for you, for everything that he is setting up in your future. But it really wouldn't be the full picture without explaining the most important part of making God your source. You might be able to guess what it is. If you've been in church for longer than 30 years, maybe 20 years, it's Jesus. Jesus is the most important part of making God your source and making way for not just a good life, but a purposed life. So we know there are many people in life who you look around, don't have to look far in the media, that are living a good life without making God their source. Many people who are living life that from an outward appearance, their lives are full and complete. Maybe you can think of some examples. Well, here's some truth straight from the mouth of Jesus. It's written in Matthew 5, 43. It says this, God makes his sun rise on those who are evil and on those who are good. And he makes the rain fall on the righteous, those who are morally upright and the unrighteous. And this just evidences what we touched on earlier in saying that every good thing that has happened in your life has come from God. Whether you've followed God your whole life or maybe you're just here to start today, there are good things that have happened in your life and there have been hard things as well. But what is key is that in our deepest self, we don't just have a desire as humans for a good life. We don't just have a desire for a good life. We have a desire and it's deep need for substance, for purpose in our life, to live not just a good life, but to live a purposed life. We've all heard of, and I'm sure we've asked the question, what is the purpose of life? What is the purpose of life? Why are we here? And I think what's really interesting for me isn't the answer to that question so much as that we would ask it, that we would ask that question and that it plagues so many people proves that we have a deep-rooted desire for purpose, a deep-rooted desire for substance, to live a life that means something, to live not just a full life, but to live a purposed life. And the truth is that a fully purposed life can only occur through a relationship with God, and that relationship with God can only occur through Jesus' sacrifice, through Jesus' sacrifice. That's why we're all here today. We spoke a little bit before about all those people who appear on the outside that they're living a completely full life, that they're living a good life without making God their source. The truth is, though, they are only truly so if they're making God their source, if they are truly sold out from Jesus for Jesus. Because the truth is that... The true measure of success isn't external abundance. It's not the things that we collect. It's inward righteousness. It's come from being right with God, making your relationship right with God from the inside out, saying yes to his plan, saying yes to making him our source, saying yes to his will over our will and his plans over our plans, saying yes to Jesus. Paul writing to his letter, uh, writing in his letter to the church in Corinth says this, and if you were to take nothing else away from the message, take this, catch a hold of this. Whoever is a believer in Christ is a new creation. You are a new creation. 
You might not have known that when you walked in today. You're a new creation. The old way of living has disappeared. A new way of living has come into existence. God has done all this. He has restored our relationship with Him through Christ and given us the ministry of restoring relationships. What's really key here is that Jesus has made way a new way of living for you. And what our responsibility is to make sure that we're not stuck in the old way, that we're not stuck in our past, that we're not stuck in a place where we can't have a relationship with God, that we're not stuck in a place that we can't walk into the future that He has for us. That's our responsibility. Jesus has made the way for you to step into this life that Paul is talking about. One of favour, one of blessing, one of a foundation, one of success. That's our responsibility. We just have to reach out and take it and say yes to God. Yes, God, I will make you my source. So three steps, making God our source. Number one, pray continuously. Take God with you everywhere you go. Be conversational with Him. Don't, afraid to take, be, don't be afraid to take the small things to God. He really, truly cares about you. He cares about every small aspect of your life. Don't be afraid to tell Him about it. Number two, stop trying to control everything like I have a habit of doing. Release control to God. Sit down somewhere quiet and say, God, where do you want me? What do you want me to do? What's your plan for me? And then step into that. Step into that. Number three, recognize and practice that money is not your source. Release control of money. Focus on God. Give us this day our daily bread. Rely on God for your every need, even if you already have an abundance. And finally, understand that making God our source isn't possible without Jesus. And saying yes to Him is so simple and so easy. It's just as much as saying, God, I just ask you to come in my life and Jesus, I accept you as Lord. It's that easy. You can step into the future that He has for you. One step. Let's end on this. We're out of time. This is a promise for you when you make God your source. It's from Philippians 4, 19 to 20. It'll be on the screen. It says this, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from His glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.